I'm going to preach and speak on a little bit of a deeper level tonight, and I really, really need you to catch what God is speaking to your hearts tonight. Um, and, and, and so this is vital to your life of living free. Are you with me? Are you with me? Can we, can we do that for 20 minutes tonight? Okay. Can, let's do this. Can we pray first? All right. Jesus, we love you tonight. God, I pray that you would just you'd speak through me to challenge the hearts of our students and our, our, just our people in this room. God, I pray that you would move in this room tonight, even as, even as we're taking notes, even as we're listening, even as we're paying attention. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. We'd walk out of here changed and never the same. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we, um, we and, and the week before, the theme of our student ministry here at Emerge is, is live free. And, and I was praying a while back, asking God, like, God, what do you want the anthem, the theme of our year to be? What do you want us to be, to shout from the rooftops? What is it to, to be all about? And, and I'm excited about this, and, and I believe that um, what, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to talk about it. Obviously, for the since retreat and up to now, and, and even to next week, don't miss next week because it's going to be really, really good. Um, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to think about it. This this theme of live three, live free. It's not just a re, live three. Uh, Steph Curry lives by the three. Anyways, um, sorry. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about this in everything that we do, in in our messages, in in the way we serve, in the way we act, in the way in who we are. We're going to be everything's going to be themed around live free, and so we're going to filter this through everything we do, no matter what we're doing. We're going to talk about live free. So you got your Bibles tonight. We're in Galatians five one, and and this is the theme. This is the kickoff to all this. I want to encourage you guys, like I do every single week, to take notes because note takers are, and note takers go to heaven. If you're new here tonight, that's not true, um, but it really helps. Um, but here's what's happening. Um, Galatians 5.1, this is our verse. This is our verse for our theme for the whole year. And, and really quick, look around. There's not many empty chairs in this room. There's just a few. Um, that's awesome. That's re- I don't know if you guys know this. we got a stack of chairs right back there in the back. And our goal, we want to fill every single one of them. Let's fill them up. Let's get butts in seats. Let's get friends here. Let's get, let's, can I say that? Let's get people here. Let's get our friends here. If you want your friends to find Jesus, obviously I want you to tell them about Jesus, but let's get them here. We're going to tell them about him too. So Galatians 5.1, it says, and, and, and this is um, Paul, he's talking to the church of Galatia, and, and now I'm saying it here to our church, to Emerge Youth Church. It says this, it says, it's for freedom... That Christ has set us free. See, usually there's an ulterior motive to something, but not here. There's not an ulterior motive. Paul, he, he, he says, like, do you want to know why God wants you free? For one reason. For one purpose. For one motive. It, it's simply for freedom. How many of you guys like freedom? Yeah, I, think, I would think we all do. And, and it's, it's for freedom that Christ wants us free. And that's the ultimate goal of our life and, and our purpose. And then Paul goes on to say this. He says, stand firm then. He says, stand firm. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus, our job is to simply stand. To stand on the promises of God. 
to stand on, on who He says He is and what He says He can do. To believe that who He is and believe what He says is to stand on those promises and, uh, and, and believe in them. But until we believe in them, and, and we, want, we need to live them out. And, and how do we do this? Well, it goes on to say, So we should not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. See, if we're being honest, we might as well be honest because we're in church, right? And so if we're being honest tonight, uh, hopefully people wouldn't, wouldn't be dishonest to you in church. Um, but there are degrees of slavery. There's degrees of slavery, every single one of us, in every single one of our lives. And I'm not talking about like slavery, like what we would think of slaves like back in the day. I'm talking about a slavery to sin. There are different degrees of slavery going on in our lives. And so tonight, we're going to look at an aspect of freedom that is completely fundamental for you to be walking in, in freedom this year. And, and if we don't figure out this one aspect of freedom, then all the other degrees of freedom can't happen in your life. You have got to know this tonight. That's why I want you to lean in. That's why I want you to catch this. That's why I want you to really pay attention. There's stuff going on in the gym. And it's loud sometimes, but just block it out. Block it out and catch me. So um, so you got to know this tonight. Um, so tonight, we're going to kick off. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. We're going to start in Genesis tonight. So if you've got your Bible, like open it up to just the front. We're going to be in Genesis because this is where the idea of freedom started. This is where it started, right here in Genesis. So tonight, we're looking at God's original intent for His people. God's original intent. So if you're familiar with Genesis 1, the first chapter, we're actually going to be in Genesis 2. But if you're familiar with Genesis 1, you know the story of how God created the earth and how created the heavens and the earth. And, and it was cool like that, that right after everything He, he, he created, everything, after everything He created, He would say, this is good. He would say, this is, He would say, that's good. That's good. Create this, that's good. And, and he, he wasn't saying it in like the way that we say, I like pizza, that's good. Or I like Chipotle, mm, that's good. Like He wasn't saying it like that. Like he, When God says, that's good, what He's saying in, in Hebrew, He's saying, it's perfect. It's perfect. Now, he, he gets to creating Adam and Eve, and He takes it to a whole nother level, because... We are created in the image of God. We're created in His image, in His likeness. So Genesis 2, we're going to start reading, and we're going to read verses 24 and 25 tonight. And, and uh, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm reading this. So, it says this, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Also, to add in there, I'm going to ask you to be mature tonight, because I'm going to say naked a couple times, and uh, we're all going to be mature in here, and like, like let's, let's do it. Um, but uh, I don't want you to focus on the naked part, because I know in a room full of teenagers, we're like, did he just say naked? Like, are you going to show pictures? No, we don't do that. Um, but... I want us to focus, though, on the part that says, the end of that, that says, and they felt no shame. They felt no shame. See, a while back, my brother was in town, 
him and his family were in town visiting, and, and uh, they wanted to go to Oceans of Fun. And, and I was like, you guys have fun, because <laughs> uh, that's just not my thing. That's, it's not what I really enjoy. Um, but no, they, they wanted us to go with them. And, and um, there's one thing about being in the phase of life that I currently am right now. I've got this thing called the dad bod. And, uh, but everything within me wanted to wear like that dad swim shirt, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, but I didn't, uh, and maybe I should have, but, um, because there's, here's what happens if you, you guys have probably been to oceans of fun, but here's what happens. There's these long lines that you stand in to wait for these rides. And, and, and like it, it, it's amazing though. If you've ever spent time at a water park, um, there are these long lines and, and here's the deal. You spend all this money, but you spend most of your time dry at a water park. Maybe it's just me, but like you, you spend a lot of your time waiting in line and then you go through a ride that gets you just maybe a little bit wet. You get out and then like, I'm going to go stand in line again. You know, uh, maybe it's just me, but you're standing. I feel like you're standing in line like half of the day with loads of other people in their swimsuits. And it's weird. So, so here's the deal. I'm walking around like this all day. I'm talking like this because I'm trying to suck in my gut and I'm trying to like, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then later on, like, like when you get back to the car, you're like, <gasps> like, you're like, I can breathe. You know what I'm talking about? Um, like all day long, you're at this park and, and you, and, and it, all day long, I'm at this water park, no shirt on, and I can feel the weight of shame on my life. And, uh, and here's the deal, like, nobody really cares, but in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, like, people, I'm thinking that people are saying, like, this guy could really eat less cheeseburgers and be better, you know? Um, and, and, and all I'm feeling is shame. I'm feeling shame, and, and here's what's powerful, though. Although, it's just kind of a silly moment of shame, What's so powerful about shame is how distracting of the purpose of what my purpose was there to be was just to enjoy my family and just to spend time with them. But when you talk about real life shame because of, because of abuse, you may be experienced. Like, do, do you understand how much of a wall gets put up in your life between the joy of the Lord when you go through something that brings shame on your life. There's a wall that gets put up in your life when you, when you feel and you experience shame. When you start to talk about how maybe your parents are divorced. And it may not even be their first time being divorced. Or, or when you talk about depression or when you talk about anxiety in your life. And maybe thoughts of suicide or addictions. And, and maybe you, you went too far in a relationship and you did some things that you know that you shouldn't have. You feel that hurt and that pain and you feel like a failure and you feel shame. Adam and Eve, before sin entered the whole world. The Bible says that they were naked and, and like, uh, don't, don't think of that part as just like being physically naked, but emotionally, physically, psychologically, there was nothing between, there was nothing to hide. 
there was nothing to hide. And imagine about going about your day and, and you didn't have to calculate your words. You didn't have to, there, there was no shame there. There was nothing to hide. You didn't have to think about, uh, what do I need to say to this person? Or what do I think about this person? Or how mad am I at this person? There was no shame. There was no walls. There were no barriers there. Imagine what it would be like to live like that where there's no shame. You don't even think of inappropriate things. You just start talking. There's no body shaming. There's no body issues. Like you're completely known without one ounce of judgment. See, even even hearing myself say this kind of sounds impossible. I, I can imagine what it's being like, what it's like being in a relationship or being in a friendship where there's one hundred percent complete acceptance with no judgment. But this. This was God's original intent for you and for me. This was His original intent. No shame, no judgment, no walls, no clothes. But that's not what we're going to focus on. Like we have nothing to hide and you feel no shame. That was His original intent for us. And then Genesis 3 happens. And if you know Genesis, Genesis 3 really hits hard. And Jesus Jesus said it. He said, the enemy wants to to destroy you. The enemy wants to kill you. The enemy wants to steal from you. And, And this isn't just for the Bible. Like, this is every single day, our adversary, who wants absolutely nothing but to destroy your soul. He uses this thing of what we call lies to get you to a place of pride and land you in a place called shame. See, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of this guy, but there's this guy named Carl Jung, J-U-N-G. He's a famous psychiatrist, and he says this, shame is a soul-eating emotion. <clears throat> Maybe you guys have heard of this guy if you've grown up in the church, but Max Locato, he said this, if pride goes before the fall, shame is what keeps you from getting back up. See, the enemy, what he does is he uses lies to cultivate pride in our life. And, and to tell us about this thing uh, called life. And he tells us about this thing called life and, and that he can do it and he can show you how to do it better than what God has planned for us. And, and once you get into that place where you think you can do life better than the plan that God has for you. Until you do wrong or you make the wrong mistake or you get in the wrong relationship, it's just a matter of time. And once you do, the enemy shows up and he begins to tell you, you did it wrong. You messed up. You made a mistake. You should feel shame. Shame on you. Shame is what keeps us from freedom. See, true freedom is what God wants for us. God wants us to live in absolute true freedom. I don't know if you guys ever heard, but Dr. Brene Brown says this. says, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. Shame, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes that we're capable of change. If there's places in your heart with undealt, undealt with shame, then you need to deal with that tonight. You need to deal with that tonight. I want to read this, Genesis 3, 1. And it says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. 
He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? See, we already know that's a lie. We already know. He's already lying. We already know it's a lie because God said there's only one tree that they couldn't eat from. See, the devil's M.O., his modus operandi, is lies. His M.O. is lies. And his goal for you, for your life, is shame. He wants you to live in shame. So, what happens is Eve, she calls him out on it. She says, we may eat from the fruit, uh, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God... But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Watch what the enemy does. He tries to make little of God's holiness. He tries to, to bring, like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. He tries to make little of this. And, and if, if you want to continue to walk in bondage, to walk in shame in your life, then downplay the holiness of God in your life. If you want to continue to be a victim to this world, then continue to make light of the holiness of God. Because that's what the enemy wants us to do. Anything that God has planned for you or that God has asked you to do, he and you respond with, if God's asked you to do something, or He's given you a promise with something, and we respond with, that seems impossible. You're downplaying the holiness of God. If God's ever asked you to do something, you're like, I can't do that. If God's ever asked you to, to speak to someone, you're like, I can't do that. If God's ever called you to, to, to be an, a missionary, to be a pastor, to be a leader, to whatever, and you're like, I can't do that. I, can't, I don't even like to talk in front of people. What you're doing is you're downplaying the holiness of God. Watch what the enemy does. He says, you certainly won't die. The, the serpent said to the woman, and then watch what he does, because if he can't get us with a lie, then he'll get us with these half-truths. Listen to this half-truth, which is a lie. He says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And then here's the lie, and you will be like God. And then here's the truth, knowing good and evil. See, here's the deal, we can never be like God. We could never be like God. Yes, we are made in God's image. But, but we're nothing even close to being like God's. Like His character. Like who, who He is and what He can do. How terrible... How, how, how terrible are we in this world at knowing good and evil? I want to read on. Let's see what it says this. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and ate and took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden of the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered. He answered, I, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Wait a minute. I want you to catch something. They were created, Adam and Eve. They were created naked. 
God didn't like create them and like, here's some clothes. Here's your Levi's. No, they were created naked. It's all they ever knew. They didn't know anything else but this. They walked naked. They lived naked. They, they were always naked. And that's all that they knew. But now they realize their shame and tried to cover up. And tried to cover it up. See, that's what's so powerful about sin and shame in our lives. It causes us to be so uncomfortable that our most basic natural instinct is to hide. When you do something wrong, a lot of times we run and hide. When you mess up, you run and hide. We, that's our, our basic natural instinct is to hide. We hide from each other because of shame, because of what you did to someone else. You could, you could probably look around this room and there's that someone that you can't look in the eye because of something you did or something that they did to you. You need to be care. You, you need to take care of that shame because now, as a child of God, there's a barrier between each other. And God wants His people to be unified. He wants us to be together. So God calls Adam. He yells out. He's like, Adam, where are you? See, and God doesn't ask this question because He needs the answers. He knows the answer. He's like a good counselor. I was talking to Megan about this the other day. Like a good counselor really sets you up to answer your own questions. And once you answer your questions, you're accountable for what you say. And so, so Adam, he was afraid and, and, and so he was ashamed. And so he hid and he hid from God. And isn't that kind of like us? We, we feel hurt. We feel shame. We feel embarrassed. We live with sin. And if we could be completely honest tonight in this room, we could admit that every single one of us has some secrets to hide right now. I bet every single one of us. Are you, are, and, and you're afraid that if you let anyone in on your shame that you won't be valued or you won't be accepted. See, listen to me. Your secrets are seeds. Your secrets are seeds and those, sec- those seeds will grow and eventually it will come to the surface and everything will show. But God's telling you tonight that you don't have to hide. You don't have to keep your shame. You don't, you don't have to keep your secrets. You, you don't have to hang on to your sin. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, He's already paid for your sin. He's already paid for your secrets. He's already paid for your mess-ups and your mistakes. He still calls you holy. He still calls you His child. And He says that you're still valuable. And yet you're still loved. But you can't live free as long as you're hiding your secrets. As long as you're hiding in your shame. As long as you're holding on to that sin in your life. You can have your secrets this, you can have your secrets this year. You can hang on to them if you choose to. Or you could have your freedom this year. You can hang on to but you can't have both. You can't hang on to your secrets and live in freedom. You can't hang on to your sin and live in freedom. Secrets are seeds and, and the plants that grow from those seeds are called destruction, dysfunction, deception, delusion. And, and if you hold on to secrets long enough in your life, you eventually... Start to become friends with them. 
If you hold on to those secrets long enough in your life, you eventually start, start to become friends with them. You, you know, guys, you know what I'm talking about. If you hear something long enough that someone says about you, like, like I tell my daughter, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're be-, and she's like, Yes, tell me more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if someone tells you something often enough about yourself, you start to believe it. And if you begin to live, live with this often enough in your life, you start to become friends with your sin. And you will eventually begin to believe that it's true. I'll never be pretty enough. I'll never be smart enough. I'll never be good enough. And we start to tell ourselves these things. And it's, it's delusion. Of what these secrets do to us. See that that same person we talked about earlier. Brene Brown. She says this. Shame hates. When we reach out and tell our story. It hates having words wrapped around it. It can't survive being shared. Shame loves secrecy. When we bury our story. The shame metastasizes, which that's a really big word and I had to look it up too, which it means that it spreads dangerously and it gets deadly. See, one of the most courageous things that you can do is to leave no stone unturned in your life when it comes to sin and shame. That's one of the most courageous things that you could ever do. It's what leads to living free. See, God already knows, but some other people have got to know. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, that He cleanses and He purifies us from all unrighteousness. Let me say that again because you need to hear that. When we confess our sins, when we say, God, this is what I'm going through. When we talk to a trusted leader or a trusted friend and we confess and we talk about these things, it says that He cleanses and purifies us from all unrighteousness. But then at James, it also says this, if we confess our sins to one another, there's healing. There's healing for our hurts. There's healing for our pains. You don't have to share your stuff with the world but uh, to be free, but you do have to share it with somebody. I'm not saying this because uh, I, I want to know your business or I want to know what you've done or your sins so I can have dirt on you. No, I'm saying this tonight for your freedom. I want you to be free, to live free. See, in my 15 years of of being in youth ministry, I can't tell you the amount of students that I've had share with me that their fight against lust, lust, their fight against depression, their fight against pornography, their fight against eating disorders, their their abuse that they've gone through, the, the shame, the cutting, the anxiety, the sin. But then... I watch these students begin to find freedom for those things because they start to confess them. See, there's this movie that recently came out and you guys, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's called The Greatest Showman. Um, how many of you guys have seen that movie? Well, it's, I'm not going to say you should see it or I'm not going to say you should see it, but it is rated PG, so it's, it is really good. Um, it's it's a musical if you can handle that, and it's it's about a guy named P.T. Barnum, and he was the creator of the circus. And um, but I I came across something not long ago on YouTube, and and um, and what's happening here? I want to show you this clip. But what's what's happening here is 
the whole cast and the whole crew and everyone, um, the whole choir, they're in this room and they're going through the script. They're going through the songs and everything. They're going through the, the whole movie. And, and there are men and women sitting in the back of the room. And, and um, these guys are the executives. These guys are the ones with the money. These, this is what's happening when it's called when you green light a movie. Because their green is coming out like the money. And, and uh, basically, these people, they're, they're working to get the movie funded. And so there's this one particular song on the track. It's called This Is Me. And if you've seen the movie, you probably know what I'm talking about. And this song is sang by the bearded woman of all people. She's lovely. Um, and, and I'm not going to give too much away, but what I love about it is, is the fact that the whole song is centered around these people who were once known as freaks. Poster children for living a life of shame because of how they looked. And how they were different. And because of P.T. Barnum and and, uh, what other people called a freak show, they now call a community. And what was once a thing of shame became a blessing for their lives. So you're going to see a video in here just a second. And and all these people in this studio room. And and, uh, the person who plays the bearded lady. She's standing there behind a, a, a music stand. And, and no beard at this point. And um, so what she's doing, she's standing behind the stand and she starts singing very cautiously. And you can tell like a few, few lyrics into this song that she just, she starts to break. And, and she starts to break and like she starts, is like, she's like, this is my story. And she takes it on. She's like, this is my story. And, and something just rises up in her. And, and like the whole room at, the, at first is just kind of subdued and just calm and, and very professional. And then all of a sudden, like she gets fired up and then she moves out from the music stand and she starts to sing and she starts to proclaim this. And, and in the middle of the room and, and when she does this, the whole room starts to change and and I want want you to watch something in this video the piano player like he kills me um watch watch when she steps out from behind the music stand and she steps out in front of everyone watch his reaction and 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 she's like what are you doing we're trying to get money here and and then by the end of it like he's it's he's like uh, the dude from Coldplay just going after it um but the, this movie is called The Greatest Showman and then just watch his face he's like like, it's, it's the best. So, this movie's called The Greatest Showman. I, I want you to watch this clip. Here's the deal. After, uh, and I needed, I didn't realize. Anyways, after the movie, the movie was fully funded. Like, after that moment. And, and those song, that song and those lyrics resonated with the human heart. This is me. I'm bruised, but I'm, I'm brave. And I'm not making any apologies. See, life, listen, listen, I'm wrapping up and we're done. Life is this, this mixed bag of, of dark, destructive moments that have happened to all of us. And things that, maybe even things that we've caused by our own bad decisions. But if you want the freedom that Christ came to give you,
If you want the best version of yourself, you have to begin to let go of the secrets and the sin and the shame to live free. You have to let go of those things. And I'm going to get really practical and I'm going to give you some easy steps to, be, to begin to live free. You've got to, like the Bible says, confess to one another what's going on. If you want freedom, and I'm not saying, I'm saying again, because I don't, I don't want to just know your, your, your dirt. But you've got, the Bible says it, you've got to confess one another to begin to start to live in freedom. You're going to have to bear your soul and it's going to be scary and you may cry and it will be difficult, but it'll be difficult to say, but you've got to be willing to do it by the grace and by the courage of that God gives you. Now don't just do this to anyone. Find a trusted person. Don't just find someone and like, hey, let me tell you about my life and blah, blah, blah. Find someone trusted that, that is going to hold you accountable, that there's going to be no judgment. I guarantee you, any of our volunteers in this room, if you come up to and share anything, there's going to be no judgment. And we will still love you and we will still think the best for you and about you. And, and they, we will pray for you constantly. See, at what happened this year at retreat, a lot of you guys wrote down some things. A lot of you guys wrote down some things that you want to be free from this year. And I'm just tonight going to read a few of them. I'm not going to read your names. If you put your name on it, don't worry. Um, But I want you guys to see and to feel how real this is. This isn't a game. This This is a place of freedom and healing. In here, it says, I want to be free from pornography. In here it says, I want to be free from loneliness. I want to be free from addiction. I want to be free from regrets. I want to be free from a fear of failure. I want to be free from bad friendships, toxic relationships. I want to be free from judgment, from anxiety, from depression, from negativity to lust, from cutting. I want to be free free from my dad walking out on us. From guilt insecurities freedom from thoughts of suicide freedom from my past freedom from an an eating disorder this this is no joke shame in your life is no joke see I believe for you that, that this is your year to live free This is your year to live free for every single one of you in this room. This is no joke. And you can't miss next week because we're wrapping up this series. But tonight, uh, I want everyone to stand for just a moment. We're done. We're getting out of here. We're closing. Um, to stand. I want everyone to come forward. And and as you're coming forward, would you just begin to start this this cycle in your life 
uh, of, of being free. And, and I want you to just simply raise your hand and, and close your eyes. And there's nothing powerful about raising your hands and closing your eyes. Um, it, it's simply what it is. It's a statement of surrender to God.